This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking with you about the mental side of sports. We delve into all kinds of things like self-confidence, mindsets, attitude, the coach-athlete relationship. How do we become successful as an athlete, as a coach, as a team? I've been very fortunate. I've been in practice for 39 years, actually. The uh, day after Labor Day will be the beginning of my 40th year of practice as a sports psychologist and trained in one of the first training programs in the country under Dr. Robert Neidefer out in San Diego in the 1970s. Moved back to Kansas City in 1981 and have been practicing here ever since. I talk and work with athletes around the country. I've been very, very fortunate to have worked with so many great people throughout my career. The Olympic cycling team back in the 1980s, University of Kansas athletes, the Kansas City Royals, amongst athletes all over the country. And I love what I do because this show is about you. And it's about helping people accomplish their goals, overcoming obstacles, learning to be successful. And I bring up topics every week on this show that I think will be worthwhile to talk about and love to get into conversations with you as listeners about your opinions and thoughts. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're podcasted on SoundCloud and Apple iTunes and on my website, winnersunlimited.com. And I've had a lot of good feedback on the topics we bring up here and love to hear from you if you have topics you'd like for me to get into with you because our show is also rebroadcast throughout the week in a number of cities around the country. We're in the process of hoping to make this a national show at some point here because the goal is to talk about how the mental aspect of sports plays a role. And today in our society with the crises that we're in and we've got a number of them it's really hard if you're an athlete if you're a sports fan it's a difficult time with the pandemic being that it is and with the explosion of cases this past week in the country over 50,000 a day people are testing positive now fortunately not as many people are passing away which is a good sign but with the increase in cases, sports is reopening. Professional sports is reopening. College sports is trying to reopen. But we're seeing athletes in all these sports testing positive. Major League Baseball has begun, practice, has begun practicing again. The NFL is planning to open training camps at the end of July. The MLS, the NBA, are down in Orlando planning to start their seasons. The NHL is in 
talks to do that as well. But a number of athletes are saying they're not going to play. A number of athletes are testing positive. A lot of people are scared, and rightfully so. I wanted to bring up the topic of fear today, and I want to talk about fear, not in regards to the pandemic specifically, but in terms of sport and how we overcome it. What is fear? What does it mean to you? How does it affect you as an athlete, as a coach, as a fan? Let's face it, if you're a sports fan, are you going to want to go to games? I mean, I've been going to Kansas City Chiefs games since the first game they ever played. I've worked with over 30 players throughout my career. I was fortunate enough to go to the very first Super Bowl with my father, and I went to this year's Super Bowl with my oldest son. I love going to sporting events. I love watching games. But as a fan, until this is over, I'm not sure I want to do it. Personally, that's just my opinion. I'm 65 years old. I need to be careful because I'm in the older generation for my health. So for me personally, there's there's that fear of, you know, I don't want to, I, I'm very careful about being around people and things like that. So when it comes to playing sports, how comfortable can we be? Number of athletes are not going to play. David Price is one of the latest Major League Baseball players now with the Dodgers, an alumni of my college Vanderbilt, who said he's going to not play this year for fear of his safety. So his health and safety, a number of players, Ryan Zimmerman of the, of the Washington Nationals, Ian Desmond have all pulled themselves out of baseball for fear of their health. So there's that aspect. You know, when we play sports as a competitor, mentally, what, are, what do you get scared of? What, what are you afraid of? Outside of the pandemic, what scares you? Injury, failure, Losing, screwing up, letting people down. When I work with individual clients, I ask them to, in our first session, to come back for the second session with five lists about themselves. Their goals, strengths, weaknesses, fears, and distractions. And I ask them to write these lists out about themselves and then we discuss them. And when it comes to the topic of fear, it's, it's very interesting what people put down. Failure is one thing that always comes out. Letting people down is one. Fear of letting your parents down, teammates down, coaches down, fans down. Fear of not living up to expectations. That's a word we're going to talk a lot about today. Expectations. Fear of injury. Failure and success. Lots of people are scared of success. They're scared that if they do well, then someone's going to say, see, I told you you could do well. Now do it again and do it better the next time. That happens a lot. I've heard that a lot over my years and years of work. The expectation issue is one that's a big one expectations of other people. Well, I expected to do this, so I expected to do that. I know with professional athletes, when I work with them, that's that's a very big one. Expectations of teammates, 
first of all, their coaches, the team management, and also fans. But one of the things they'll always tell me is, you know what, Doc, the fans always expect you to win everything. And I, I, I don't pay attention to them anymore. After a while, I just stop because they don't understand what it's about. Expectations of family members. So many young athletes come into my office and will tell me they're afraid of letting down their parents. I just had a, a new client this week, a basketball player. We talked about this. His mom was in the office with me and him. High school player, really good player. He's going to play in college. And one of the things he said, Doc, I'm, I'm afraid of letting my mom down. She's supported me. His father isn't in the picture. My mom's always been there. She's done everything for me. And I'm, I'm letting her down. And she looked at him, started crying. and said, son, it's the opposite. You don't let me down. I couldn't be prouder of anyone than I am of you. You make me feel so happy. And I want you to be happy. You're not letting me down. But mom, you spend a lot of money. You do all these things. It doesn't matter. I just want you to have fun. So I want to talk about fear today. So I'd love to hear from you. If you're an athlete, if you're a coach, you're a sportsman, what are the fears that you've got with your performance, with, with your athletic involvement? I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. 
How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Olivia from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Former flagship station Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hope you're having a great morning this morning, wherever you are, and listening to the show as we talk today. Our topic today is fear. And if you're an athlete, what are the things that scare you? Right now, of course, with sports, there's fear of safety, fear of our health. But if we go beyond that, in the world of sports, what are the things that hold you back? What are your fears? What are, what are the things that the barriers, the obstacles to success. I mentioned earlier expectations, the word expectations. A lot of people are afraid they're not going to live up to other people's expectations. Has that ever been an issue for you as an athlete? If, if it has, love to hear from you. What are the fears you've got in terms of your sports performance? Are you afraid of letting people down? Afraid of letting yourself down? Afraid you won't accomplish your goals? Are you afraid you're not good enough? Afraid you don't measure up. Afraid you won't make the team. You know, I have a lot of young athletes that come in and, and want to make the varsity, want to make the top team. And I get it. Who doesn't? But is it more important to try to be able to, out to go out there and play or to have to be on the first team? You know, I have a soccer player I've been working with. She just had her tryouts for the fall. And she's been with this team for three years. And the coach said, look, I'm going to put you, now that you've moved up to 16s, U16s, I want you to play. So they have two, an A and a B team. 
He goes, I'm going to put you on the B team because I want you to play. It's not because you're not good because you're getting better. But I want you to have an opportunity to play. So he put putting her on the B team. And she wanted to make the A team. But in our session, she said, you know, I was afraid I wouldn't make the A team. But now now that I'm, I'm on the B team, I know I'm going to have a chance to play and play a lot. Whereas if it's on the other team, I'd mostly be on the bench. So this way I can get better. So my fear of not making the A team actually wasn't so bad because now I get to play. Expectations. What are the expectations you have as an athlete? Expectations from your parents, expectations from your teammates, from your coaches. And here's the other thing, fear of success. You know, a lot of people always, we talk about fear of failing, fear of screwing up, fear of letting everybody down. What about fear of succeeding? Has that ever happened to you? That is a lot more common in sports than I think a lot of people realize. Lots of athletes are afraid of doing well because then they're going to be told, see, I told you you could do it, now do it again, but do it better next time. That is a common theme for a lot of athletes. Now, Blake, you played sports all the way into college. You were a football player. What fears did you ever have to deal with as an athlete? Was, was there a fear of success for you, or were you afraid of letting people down? What, what were the fears? Because I know you had some. I would say my, my probably my biggest was never fear of success, but it was a combo of fear and success and of letting people down kind of mixed together. Okay, how do you, what do you mean by that? So I, I would fear letting my coach down because they just taught us something and I wasn't performing properly enough to eclipse it. But it wasn't necessarily that I wouldn't get it, but it was that I wouldn't get it immediately. And so if I didn't get it immediately, it would compound the longer I couldn't get it. And that fear, I think, sometimes would grow and grow and grow. The fast, if I, But if I could get it fast, then I was fine. I was good to go. So how would you overcome that? I think a lot of times it, it came down to trusting yourself, really just saying, hey, take it one step at a time. If you're going to come out here and do this, go out here and do it right. If you do mess up, take away something that you did properly, focus on what you did negatively, and then combine the two together for the next time you go out there. There's a great book called The Path to Power by a fellow named Mac Newton. And Mac's a personal trainer down in the Phoenix area. And I met him back in the late 90s when he was working with the Chicago Cubs when I was consulting with a couple of players. And uh, in his book, he talks about how he went to Vietnam, got injured and came back and was laid up in a hospital and was challenged to get out of the hospital, which he finally did. But he sums up his book in five chapters. And essentially, it's he walks down the street falls in a hole then he walks down the street falls in a hole doesn't know how to get out basically chapter five is he doesn't walk down that street he walks down a different street and avoids the hole become aware of what's going on become aware of who you are and what's up and that's a lot of i think dealing with fear is how do you deal with what you're faced and what you're facing so that's what i want to get into today so i want to hear from you if you're an athlete if you're a coach what are the fears you've got? Is it losing, letting people down? Is it injury, fear of getting hurt, fear of messing up, fear of making mistakes? What are the fears that you have and how does that affect your performance? Does fear motivate you or does it paralyze you? And I'd love to hear from you and see how you've overcome it. If you have had some fears with your sports life, how have you been able to overcome that? And if you're a sports fan right now, 
let's talk about what's going on in life today. Are you afraid of going back to games, to going to games to watch as a fan? Are you afraid because of the safety issues, because of the pandemic of going out there? I'd love to hear from you if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're a sports fan, how you're going to deal with that. Because here's the thing. Safety is obviously the utmost importance. Having fun is important and enjoying the experience. So if you can do all those things, it's great. This year marked the 40th anniversary presentation of A Capital Fourth, the national July 4th TV tradition on PBS. This year's special 90-minute presentation was co-hosted by actor and producer John Stamos and multi-platinum recording artist and star of television, film, and Broadway Vanessa Williams. The concert will be available as video on demand through July 18th. The program featured performances coast-to-coast by Patti LaBelle, John Fogarty, Trace Atkins, The Temptations, Renee Fleming, Andy Grammar, Yolanda Adams, Brantley Gilbert, Lauren Elena, Chrissy Metz, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Kelly O'Hara, Mandy Gonzalez, and members of the National Symphony Orchestra, as well as highlights from the concert's 40-year history and the stirring patriotic favorites synonymous with the 4th of July. To ensure the health and safety of all involved during the COVID-19 pandemic, this year's concert performances were pre-taped without a live audience. The program also included a special tribute by John Stamos to our first responders, doctors, nurses and paramedics, grocery store workers, truck drivers, scientists, and mail carriers, the new heroes putting their lives at risk on the front lines of the COVID-19 crisis. In addition, the show featured a segment honoring the contributions of African-American heroes from our nation's past and present, and a salute to our wounded warriors and their families. Brantley Gilbert and Lauren Elena talk about this year's Capital Fourth. July 4th to me, it's just about freedom. It's about independence. And, you know, for me, it's, a, it's an unbelievable time just to appreciate the guys and girls uh, that sacrifice so much for that freedom. I'm not an artist to, to make a habit out of uh, using a platform to be political. I heard a very, very respected songwriter say, if you have something to say, write a song about it. And I feel like that's what we did with Hard Days. July 4th means a big celebration. It means freedom and new beginnings. And I think more than ever, this has been the craziest year ever, but I think I'm really proud to be in this country right now because I think we're all focusing on freedom and new beginnings and I'm proud to be a part of it. So happy 4th. The 40th anniversary presentation of a Capital 4th concert will be available as video on demand for July 18th. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. 
One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about different topics. Today's topic is fear, fear in sports. And I'd love to hear from you if you are an athlete. What are some of the things that you're afraid of as an athlete? Are you afraid of letting people down? Are you afraid of getting hurt? Afraid of losing, failure, screwing up? How do you respond to that? How do you cope with that? As I mentioned earlier, I've been in practice for 39 years, be starting my 40th year just after Labor Day, and this is a topic I've dealt with with so many people throughout all these years. And 
I think the most prominent fear that so many athletes have is, is just letting others down. Afraid they can't live up to the expectations that their family wants, their teammates want, the fans want, coaches. And those expectations oftentimes are unrealistic. One common theme that I get from a lot of people, if I just said this this week from someone, just started talking with a baseball player in California. He's a perfectionist. He's a fear. He has a fear of failing because he's got to be perfect. So my response to him was, okay, if you're a perfectionist, whom in your life have you met who's perfect? And there was some silence for a little bit and then, well, well doc, nobody. Nobody's perfect. Well, then if nobody's perfect, how are you ever going to be happy if you're a perfectionist because you're trying to be perfect but nobody's perfect and we were on FaceTime he, he, he just sort of smiled looked at me he goes yeah I didn't think about it that way I said what about changing that to an expectation of trying to do the best I can every day having fun are you having fun or is there so much pressure to have to succeed pressure to have to be so good that the fun's gone the excitement's gone you know even even pro athletes and i've worked with so many over the years we talk about having fun you know when you get to that level when you make it if you if you're a professional athlete you have survived all the craziness we deal with today in youth sports the expectations, the demands placed on kids, the pressures. You know, a lot of kids are dropping out of sports at age 12 and 13 because they've been playing since they were six and seven and they're just tired of it. It's not fun anymore. It's it's pressure to have to win and get better and get better and, and, the, and the fun is gone. And I hear this from a lot of kids, a lot of parents talk to me about how their kids at around 12, 13 years of age, they don't want to play anymore because it's not a, it's not a game anymore. It's, 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 it's a job. So there's a fear of losing the enjoyment, fear of losing that excitement. I'd love to hear from you, like I said, if you, if you are an athlete, if you play sports, what are the fears you have? If you're a coach, what are the fears you have for your team, the expectations that you may have that aren't met? Because here's the thing. If we can attack our fear, and this is one of the things that I've worked throughout my career with teams and individuals on. If you can attack your fears, look them in the eye, and go after them, you'll find that a lot of these things end up being, in a sense, unrealistic. They're, they're, they're not really real. They're things you imagine in your mind. And oftentimes they're really difficult to overcome, but you've got to look them in the eye and, and face them. Failure, losing, success are all things that a lot of people are scared, but the expectations, the expectations of letting people down is such a big one. And that's why I'm, I always tell, especially young athletes and their parents, talk about your goals Talk about why you're here. When you're a coach, do you take the time to talk with all your athletes and find out why are you on the team? 
What do you want to accomplish? What are your goals? How can I help you do that? All right, we've got a call online. Let's go to James and see what he has to say. James, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Doc. I'm fine. Um, one of the things I was going to mention, and looking back at my high school, I played basketball in high school, and I think one of the things that I was most afraid of um, was not being able to meet my own expectations. And what I mean by that, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, my favorite basketball player was Larry Bird. And I always admired his effort, his ability to make his teammates better, and his incredible shooting accuracy. And when, when I felt like I couldn't play by him, you know, I kind of felt like I'd let myself down. And the way I tried to cope, I practiced shooting ad nauseum. I made up my own drills and everything, and uh, I just I, I zoned in on shooting accuracy, shooting percentage. And uh, it's funny, my junior year, I led the team with like a 64% shooting average wow. as a forward, but I zoned in on the 37% that I missed. I could never seem accomplished with the good. I always zoned in on the 37% that I missed, and I, I never could quite come to grips with that, it seems. Let me ask you a question. How old are you now? I am 51 years of age. Well, you're still young. I'm 65, believe me. But um, I still think about these things. I wonder why was... You know, my basketball, my dad tried to help me. My coach tried to help me. You know, it's not like it was paralyzing me. I enjoyed playing, but I just focused on the 37% missing. And, you know, I admired Larry Bird. I mean, no one can ever match that. But in my head, it seemed like if I I could never match up, and I just kind of let that hold me back a little bit. Well, let me let me, let me me ask a couple of questions here, James. Okay, first okay. of all, do you know... Uh, what record Kobe Bryant broke two years before he retired? Uh, was it the most missed shots in his career? Very good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's that mean? Well, I, one phrase I use with my friends, you'll never get a hit if you never take a swing, <laughs> to use a baseball analogy. Exactly. And you talk about confidence a lot and everything, and uh, he was willing to take the pressure shot and willing to overcome not achieving Had, the pressure moment. What was Michael Jordan's shooting percentage? I do not know that answer. Around 50%. Uh-huh. What's that mean? <laughs> that means he made more than he missed. And <laughs> okay, so so I, I, I'm bringing those two, and, and, and God rest Kobe Bryant's soul. Absolutely. But, but two of the greatest players to ever play the game, mm -hmm. James, and they missed a hell of a lot of shots. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> Think think about that. I realize it's still bothering you, but think about it, okay? Right. I mean, you succeeded tremendously by, uh -huh. by what you did. And, and and I think you need to look at the positives that come out of that rather than the negatives. Yeah, I wish I could have had a mechanism kind of to, you know, adjust to look at that rather than the other. And I don't know, I probably didn't uh, broadcast that or explain that enough to people, but I just kind of, I don't know. Zoomed in on the wrong thing. I guess. Are you doing that in your life now, or have you made oh, that, made that so. made that something that's helped you get better? No, I I think that's helped. You know, and a lot of these like fear of failure. A lot of these athletes say like this Michael Jordan thing that's been on TV. That's what drove him. But you see, you get a peek behind the curtains. You know, it wasn't always rainbows and <laughs> unicorns, but that drove them to it. That's one of the ways they succeeded. You know, was this dogged determination. You know, and well, but it's helped you, but obviously what I'm hearing from you is it's helped you in your life after high school basketball. Right. Well, that's, so, so you got something positive out of it. 
Right. And that's that's something I would encourage you to share with other people about how that was a struggle for you. And obviously, you were tremendously successful with the percentage that you had. But still, yeah, you know, everybody – look, I always like to tell people, George Brett's in the Hall of Fame, and he batted, batted 300 – but he failed seven times out of ten. Right, you right. Know? So failure is part of sport. James, thank you for your call. Good okay. luck, and thanks for sharing that story okay, with us. Thanks. All right, take care. That was a great call. I'd love to hear from you. How do you deal with failure? How do you deal with that fear? What are the things that scare you as an athlete, as a coach? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. 
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And our topic today has been fear. What are the fears you have as an athlete, as a coach? That was a great call from James about fear of not being good enough. I mean, he shot over 60%, but he still wasn't happy with himself. Where does that come from? Why do people have these expectations of having to be perfect all the time? You know, we strive for perfection. We strive for that. But what is perfection? It's something that doesn't exist. I mean, what's the last team to go undefeated in the NFL? The 1973 Miami Dolphins. It's almost impossible to do. Expectations in sports are so high. Here in Kansas City, obviously, with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this past year, and of course we don't know what's going to happen this season with with playing and everything, but if there is a season, there will be expectations for the Chiefs to repeat this. There's been talk in Kansas City of a dynasty. May happen. May not. We don't know. you got to go out and play and see what happens. But fear is like paralysis that holds you back. Fear of screwing up. Fear of letting people down. Fear of, of not living up to the expectations you or others have. So if you have played sports before and you didn't live up to the expectations your coaches had, your parents had, your teammates had. How did you deal with that? You know, one of the worst things about being a high school athlete is when you lose, you have to go back to school on Monday if it's a football game or whatever day it is, if it's a basketball player, whatever it's sport. Go back the next day and your classmates say, why'd you lose? Why'd you, why'd you screw up? Well, the other team was pretty good. You've got it. Explain yourself. Blake, okay, you played high school football. And now when I went to high school, Shawnee Mission North High School graduated in 1972. The three years I was there, we won state in football all three years. And we only lost one game, maybe two that I can remember. I know we lost one. But we won every other game. Okay. So God knows if we'd lost another game, people would have had to deal with that. What about you? When you lost a high school football game, how did you explain that to your classmates on Monday? So my freshman year, we ended up winning state. And the next two years, we were on track to win. And we ended up losing in very big games to Blue Valley. Blue Valley. And it's hard to explain to a person who doesn't play the sport how you lose a sport because they're spectating. So I think we, we as spectators get very comfortable watching somebody do something and then expecting it to be the same outcome every time, even though you're not even on the field with them. So uh, it was a little hard to explain, but at the same time, you just got to say, hey, either we were unprepared, we were not disciplined, or uh, a combination of both, or you know what? We just didn't have it that day. And it's hard for people to sometimes understand where they're coming from, again, when they're so used to being a spectator, they're not actually on the field doing the physical necessities to win a ball game. So did you get some, some grief from some people at times? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, 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 how, and again, how did you handle that? You just got to sit there and, and eat and know one, especially if they're a person who 
is just a spectator, they're not really competitive in any other sport, they don't understand that sometimes you're just not always on. But it, it if it's a lot, I, you know, we never got it too much because people understood we were still very good. But you know, if it's if it's too much, people start start complaining too much. I I understand it can take a toll. That's for sure. So I think you just got to understand one, you know better, and you just got to shuck it off and move on to the next thing. Well, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And so one of the, one of the things that that I always work with clients on is this: when it comes to this topic, what are you afraid of? Confront it. Look it in the mirror. Attack it. Deal with it. Don't run from it. Don't don't hide from it. Deal with it. So if you are afraid you're letting your parents down because they're spending a lot of money on traveling and tournaments and uniforms and doctor's visits and all the things, ask them. Say something to them. And almost every time you're going to find your parents are going to sit there and say, I'm going to do whatever I can do for you because I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I want to help you out. And if I couldn't do it, I wouldn't do it. Do a lot of parents sacrifice for their kids in, in everything? Yeah, that's that's what you do. I, I did it for my kids. You'll do it for your kids. If you love your kids, which pretty much everybody does, you're going to do that. You're not scared of it. But, but, you know, I think a lot of young kids and teenagers especially today are very sensitive to money and finances, especially in the scenario we're in now with this pandemic and so many people losing their jobs and being unemployed. Yet parents are going to do whatever they can for their kids to give them an opportunity to go out there and play. So one of the things is to talk about, discuss it. You know, a lot of people are scared of getting hurt. Years ago on a show I did a long time ago, it was about obesity and a lady called up and said she was overweight and I said do you exercise she goes oh god no I don't like to glisten I'll never forget this I said you don't like to glisten she goes no Dr. Jacobs I listen to talk radio every Saturday morning listen to your this is when I was on Saturday mornings I listen to your show every week and I always eat a bag of Lay's potato chips a big giant bag and I said are, are you, you say you're, you're obese. She said she was obese. How, oh, I'm about 100 pounds overweight. Why don't you exercise? Well, I don't want to exercise because people get injured when they exercise. And I'm like, well, did you ever consider that if you don't exercise, you're, you're going to get injured because your body's not going to handle it? She said, yes, but I'd rather that happen to me than twist an ankle. A lot of people are scared to push themselves for fear of injury. But then if you don't take a chance, where does that put you? And so many athletes, I know working with the our national cycling team back in the 80s, our Olympic team, I was at three world championships in the Olympics. Top cyclists in the world. You know, riding your bike downhill, going, you know, 45, 50 miles an hour, okay, you can't be scared of getting hurt because you'll end up getting hurt because you'll wipe out. And so many, I, there, there was one very, very good, tremendous cyclist and she was scared to death to go downhill. She was scared to death of it. She never really accomplished the goal she wanted because she couldn't overcome that fear. And I got it. It was, it's, I rode with them a few times. It's scary. 
when you're going downhill that fast. But you can't let that become a barrier. So I think one of the keys to really getting where you want to go, if you want to accomplish your goals with sports, is, is confronting what scares you. And then dealing with it, talking about it, discussing it, whether it's with your parents, with your teammates, with your coaches, with a friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever it might be, talk about it. More often than not, you're going to find that those fears are just within your head. And if you can work through them and overcome them, you're going to get better. It might be failure. It might be success. It might be letting people down, whatever it might be. But don't be scared to talk about it. You know, I'm a psychologist. My job is to listen to people, talk with people about the things that bother them and help them overcome it. And obviously, discussion, communicating is what it's all about. You don't have to be a psychologist to understand things. If you take the time to talk, but most importantly, listen. That's one of the things I always tell coaches. Do you listen to your athletes' fears? And I found when you take the time to really listen to what they're scared of, it will make you a better coach. I read and listen to lots of stories and articles from so many great coaches. And the great coaches I've found are not just great communicators, they're great listeners. They take the time to listen and to understand their athletes and to understand what their goals are, but also what their fears are. That's what greatness is. Understanding, caring, showing compassion. And in today's society right now, we all need to do that. There's a lot of fear out there just in life. So take the time to talk, share, listen, understand. And if you do, I think it'll help somebody feel better. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoy the show. Here every week, our shows I said earlier are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB on my website, winnersunlimited.com. They're on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes. Shows rebroadcast throughout the country later in the week. Hope you enjoy the show. Love to hear from you if you have topics you'd like me to talk about. You can reach me at my website, winnersunlimited.com. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Call me at 816-561-5556. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. Stay safe. Have a great week. Take care. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Olivia, from Washington. 
laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna, from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha, from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.